the flick, now load up the flick. Yeah. You feeling like me? I feel like a prince that turned to a king. Found me a queen. Started a family and got me a team. On top of my dreams. Join her, I know you inspired by me. Like I was inspired by Nelson Mandela. I give him a rose for every... What's up, guys? It's your girl, Asia Abstin, and I am back with another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. That was Will by uh, Joyner Lucas. Shout out to Will Smith. He has always been like my dream guy. And, um, you know, he just wants to prove to y'all that he still got it. He could still rap because that record is low key crazy. I have almost no voice because I have been yachting it up, you know, getting real rich, rich vibes, um, keeping it real sexy, yet social distancing. It was only four of us. So I don't want to hear it. I'm so glad that I recorded this week's interview last week when I still had a voice. So we're just going to jump right into it. This week, I have Jance Charte with me, owner of Brazen Boutique, owner of the Boutique Academy, and all-around dope content creator. I found Jance when I was looking into some business for electric87.com, and she taught me a few things as an entrepreneur, and I knew that she had a lot to teach you guys, so I'm super thrilled to have her with me. And before we hop into Jance's interview, I just want to remind you to continue to rate the show and subscribe so that you're always notified of when new episodes drop, and make sure you email me at asia at getrichorgetdrunktrying.com if you want to connect, follow me on Instagram and let's continue to get it. All right, guys, I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I have a super, super special guest today. Jance Charte is with me. Please tell me that I'm pronouncing your name right. Yep, you got it right. Okay, thank you, Jesus. As many of your Insta stories as I've watched, I should have the shit down packed at this point. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the show. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, we have tons and tons to talk about. Okay. Jance is the boutique whisperer. <laughs> if you have a problem with your online e-commerce business, this is the woman that you go to. And you know what I find most interesting about that is that you've only been doing this for what, a year and a half or so? Yep, a year and a half um, since November 2018. How have you gotten so much knowledge so quickly? So I actually worked in retail, corporate retail for 12 years before I launched my um, online boutique. So I basically got, you know, a, a long list of manuals thrown in my direction from a host of corporate retailers from Forever 21 all the way up to like Saks Fifth Avenue and uh, Michael Kors and all that. So I learned a ton throughout the duration of me working in corporate retail and I just... I started applying it to my own life instead of me clocking in for somebody else every day. <laughs> now, when you were reading those corporate retail manuals, did you ever think in a million years that you would be not only implementing it for yourself, but then teaching it to other people? Never in a thousand years. Like I, was, <laughs> I think I was like, you know, most normal people. I was, you know, clocking in for work. I was getting my little Check, check. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was right. raised here and there. Like, I was cool. I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was, it was a job. Right. So I was, you know, doing what I was supposed to do, reading the manuals, applying it at work every day and going about my business. <laughs> and you never thought that you would be using it, not just using it for you, but teaching it to other people. Never, never in a thousand years. <laughs> that is crazy. What do you think the biggest lesson from corporate retail was for you? Like what was the big takeaway that you learned that the giants do that mm -hmm. us small businesses can implement as well? 
Um, definitely to listen to your people, listen to your customers. Um, there's always, you know, that saying, uh, the customer's always right. I don't too much agree with that one per se. <laughs> the customer doesn't know what they want. They don't, but I'm like, listening to your customers for sure. Like being an online retailer, me just simply watching what my customers click on, what they, you know, add to carts and things like things like that. Even though I can't verbally hear them, I can I see the actions that they're taking. So that's me listening to them. I'm listening to what's working, what they like, and things like that. So I would say the biggest thing I learned was just to listen to my people, listen to my customers, and apply what they needed me needed apply what they needed me to do and provide what they wanted. Now, are some of your old clients gone? Have they died? Because, you know, retail brick and mortar has fallen apart. So my last job was for um, a small business in St. Louis. Um, and it was part thrift store, part boutique. So they were like my clients, but not my clients because mm. I didn't own the store. So not exactly. No, um, I've always had this personality where like, People just remember me um, from one job to the next. So it, funny story, literally the other day, um, I got an email alert from my old job's Facebook account and somebody reached out and said, hey, I'm looking for Jance. And so it was connected to my um, my email. That's so crazy. I was like, OK, this is weird. So and, and you I, haven't been there in like two years, right? Almost two years. Yeah. And she was like, hi, I'm looking for Jance. I'm like, OK. <laughs> And what was funny, she, she was like, she found me on YouTube. And at the time I was working at the store. So she heard me say I worked there. So she reached out to the store's Facebook account. And it just Sis, happened. she was going to track you down one way or the other. She needs some jam in her life. Crazy. <laughs> it's wild the impact that you will make on people. That's why it's always important to make yourself memorable. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a quiet person, even if you're an introverted person, when yep. you have those one-on-one -on -one interactions with people, you can always still make yourself stand out. You never know what opportunities could come your way. Exactly. Exactly. And I think like you just said, like I'm not a super extrovert at all. I'm pretty much to myself. Um, and then when I got on YouTube, I think people just naturally assume like, oh, she's out there. Like she has to be this overly outgoing person. I'm like, no, I'm really not. Like, I guess I'm more so one of those people who knows how to turn it on and turn it off when they okay, need to. Like, got you. I'm here. Like right now I'm here, girl. But once I get off, I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna go back. I don't want to talk to nobody else today. <laughs> That is so, that's fair. That is fair. Actually, you know, before we deep dive into the rest of this interview, mm -hmm. I think it's time for a cocktail. Yeah. Uh, I asked you what your favorite get drunk cocktail would be to recommend today. I'm actually having a Jack and Blackberry lemonade myself. Okay. It's Friday. You know, what's the vibe? What you sipping on over there, babe? So right now I'm sipping on an amaretto sour. This is my drink of choice when it I'm just solo like, cup. I'm, you guys can't see her, but she got a solo cup. I, I respect it. I got me a little straw. <laughs> this is my drink of choice, just like in normal everyday activity. If I was outside, though, my drink of choice would be a French 75. Oh, bougie. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> oh man, I miss being outside. Oh, I feel like I'm trapped. Like. <laughs> Same. It's terrible. Well, at least you're at home with your man. Like I'm at home with my dog. <laughs> and he's he, sick of me. I can't keep my husband in the house. Like he literally just left. I'm like, dude, like stop bringing these germs back with you. Or you gotta either stay in or you gotta stay out. Like pick pick your place and stay there. 
You heard it here first, people, an amaretto sour. I have not had one of those in forever, but you know what? I'm going to put it back on my list when outside opens up. Okay, now I'm going to dive into the deep questions because this is what the people want to know. Okay. Um, What is it that pushed you into leaving the hamster wheel and venturing out on your own? So, like I said, I never had any intentions of working for myself at all. It was never like a dream of mine. Um, So, Honestly, I, I really do feel like it was God that pushed me here because I started making my YouTube videos while I was still working full time. And I was just I just decided randomly just to start sharing information. And then um, what type of content were you sharing at that time? Because you didn't even have a business yet. True. So I started sharing information about where to get clothing for uh, for an online or for a boutique. I started sharing information about the fashion district and stuff like that because I had um, in my last job, they let me go to the fashion district to source clothes and send me to trade shows and stuff like that. And and that was my first introduction to it. So I was I started to do research myself, trying to find out more information. And I noticed that there wasn't much. So everything that I learned, I was like, I'm just tell everybody. I'm going to just let everybody know. (laughs) So I honestly think um, I always say God pushed me in the direction that I went because my last job, that that job that I was just speaking of, it ended up closing down. And my job before that went out of business as well. So I was like, okay, mm. I, I don't need to go back to work. Like, clearly, ending up unemployed and I ain't got time for this. Nope. And um, I was sharing that information on YouTube and people started trusting me more and more. And they started reaching out for more advice. And then people were like, can you coach me? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, I don't even have a business myself right now. So I was like, okay, well, it makes sense for me to just launch a business. Then I can just actually show you what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And it'll be like we're doing it together. So um, I think more so I was just like, I wanted to show people what was possible for themselves by by me implementing it myself and them and allowing them to follow along my journey while I followed along with them through their journey. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. You built your business sheerly from the demand of yep. other people wanting the knowledge from you. Yep. That's usually in the complete reverse. Like people what? build this business and then they have to beg people to pay attention to them. What? I think you're 100% right. The universe wanted you to have this brand come hook or crook. You had people paying you in your real job to find this information out. And because, you know, out of your spirit, you were like, well, maybe I should just share this organically because you thought it was cool and you saw a need and something was missing. And then they just kept trying to pay you. So you built the business so that they could pay you. That's exactly what I did, girl. (laughs) Oh, he do it. Girl, he pushed me right on over there. Like, here, here. Go on over there into your spot that I've been preserving. Clearly, he cleared a path. I'm here for that. I'm, you know what, Jesus, if you're listening, I, am, I see what you have done for Jance. I am available oh my for God. some of that over here. Yes. Oh, man. That's a, that's, please, that is such a good kickoff story. Uh, what would you say were the most important things for you before you started your business? Or what are important things for other people to know before they jump into starting business? Definitely to have a plan. I think, um, honestly, you never know, especially starting a business, you don't know what you're getting yourself into until you're in it. But you still need to have some sort of a plan going into it. Otherwise, you're, that that confusion that you're going to get 
regardless, you're going to be confused at some point. It's going to be times 10, times 100 once you get into it without a plan. So number one, have some sort of, even if it's just like a schedule of events, like on this day, I want this to have occurred or I want to have accomplished this by this day or whatever, having some sort of a guideline to follow so that everything you're doing isn't so random and without reason because um, that ends up being, I think, the biggest downfall for new, new business owners and what causes them to quit so easily or so quickly is because they didn't have a plan to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so when they get in it and they realize, you know, it's going to take more work than they imagined or they realize that it's actually going to take work, <laughs> they just are like, oh, no, like I didn't sign up for work. And then they fall by the wayside. So definitely a plan for sure. Maybe a mentor, maybe a, a book that you could read about your industry somewhere that you can get like an outline of things that need to be accomplished. And then even though it seems like this huge task, reverse engineer it, break it down into baby steps, break it down into one thing that you're going to get accomplished per day for the next six months. And next thing you know, you could look up and have yourself a real business. Exactly. Exactly. I think and that's how I operate my business. Like even a year and a half into it, like I I break things down into the smallest bits so that it makes more sense and things more. It, it makes it seem more like likely for me to accomplish it by putting it into small bits versus me looking at a bigger picture. Like, oh, my God. Like, for instance, with um setting a sales goal, like I could say I want to make, you know, ten thousand dollars this month. But me breaking it down to needing to make this amount per week and then this amount per day, it seems so much more attainable than me saying like, oh my God, I'm gonna make $10,000 and then have to think about like, okay, now how I'm gonna make all this money, what am I gonna do? Okay. Right? So then I'm, if I'm like, oh, I just need to make, you know, $167 a day, then that, that seems can accomplish. more doable. I'm like, oh girl, I need to sell three dresses. Cool, we can That's do that. That's approachable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually, I just saw your poly mailers that you got, so uh -huh. cute. Sidebar for anybody that is following Jance on Instagram. This is what made me so interested in you. You break down every single little minute detail about your business, about your online boutique. And to people that aren't in the business, you know, that's boring stuff. But yeah. to those of us that are in the business, we love that. We love to see different um, competitors, yeah. where you're getting merchandise, where we can get merchandise, all yeah. those little details we appreciate and we make note of. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Same. The I amount of screenshots <laughs> that I have taken from your Insta stories, just so you know, I'm paying attention. If nobody else is listening, I'm listening. That's awesome. I mean, I love sharing. And I always say, like, it feels so much better in my spirit to share than to keep it for myself. Like, I'm like, I have all this, like, there's so, I have so much information inside of me that I can't apply to my own business. Like, it's I have not possible. It's not. I'm like, I've worked for huge corporations. Like, I have an amount of information inside my brain that some larger business could use that I can't use simply because of the fact that my business is still, you know, small. Right. So, me keeping that to myself is, I can't do anything right right now with that. So, why wouldn't I be share a blessing to somebody else? Yes, girl. I'm like, here, take, please take this information and apply it do something with it and, and blossom and grow. Like I, I feel say, so especially in fashion, right? Because yeah. people think that it's oversaturated. People uh, don't jump into the market because of fashion Nova and forever 21. And they feel like they can't compete and they don't realize that this is a multi billion dollar oh, industry. Multi. 
every single year. They're producing clothes left, right, and center. I can have 10 boutiques, Jans can have 10 boutiques, and everybody we know can have 10 boutiques, and there still will be room for you. Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Wendy's, they all selling burgers. So what is, I don't understand people's uh, just aversion to fashion boutiques. If you have a passion for it, don't feel stifled because of Fashion Nova. That don't have nothing to do with you. Exactly. And my one of the things that I always mention or just think about and mention is just the, the mere fact that there are so many people in this world. I'm like, I can't serve all these people, girl. Please help me. <laughs> please. <laughs> Low key, please help me. 50,000 people and I can keep 50,000 and my good friend over here can get 50,000. Like, I don't need 100 billion people. Right. I, I can't even service 100 billion people. Right. 100%. So eight billion on the planet, let's say half are women. I mean, come on, y'all. We can each have our business and all be successful. And you know what? As far as minority entrepreneurs go, that attitude of sharing and community and just being a blessing to somebody else just by freely giving out information or answering questions is so important. You go so much further when we go together instead of feeling like, oh, you're my competition and I'm selling shirts and you selling shirts. So not only are we not going to share information, but I'm going to throw salt in your game. It's useless. Girl, it really is. And I'm always like, you know, like, you know how black women call each other sis and everything. Like, I really feel that way. I'm like, like, this is my sister. Like, why would I keep something from you? Like, I want to see, I want to win. I want to see you win. Your cousin, your mama, your cousin, your auntie, all of us. Like, I want to see all of us prosper. So, yeah, it's definitely 100% necessary for us to just, it could be the smallest thing. Like, just the smallest thing that you have that you could share with somebody to get them over, like, one hurdle. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be you sharing your entire business model with them or anything like that. Like, sharing just, you know how everybody is in this industry about, like, sharing their vendors and stuff. Me sharing what where I got this one item from is not not going to make or break your business. Exactly. But it might catapult the next woman to start her business. Just Uh something that simple. You're 100% right. And I've been to Santee Alley. I've been to the Fashion District Uh in L.A., and one thing that I'm sure you know mm-hmm. is that when you go in those stores, somehow all the owners look exactly the same. Yep, all of them. Everything all of them look cool. exactly the same. And they're probably all neighbors and relatives and cousins and moms and dads. And it's yep. like an aha moment. Like, hmm, yep. I wonder why there's no diversity here. Yep. And it's because people of other cultures mm-hmm tend to stick together in a way yeah. that we don't. And yeah. they spend their dollar within their own community, period. And they will disinclude others until they can get into a position where they can corner a market. Exactly. I, I remember one specific time, I think when I first realized it um, in the fashion district, I was inside of one of the showrooms and I asked them if they had some type of style. I can't remember what it was. And the words that he said to me were, I don't know. Let me call our sister store to see if they might have something like that. And I was like, and so and the, the vendor that he mentioned, I was like, why would that be your sister store? And so come to find out they were like cousins, relatives. Of Actual some sisters, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm like, y'all, re- y'all real life relatives out here. And y'all just, y'all, oh, y'all just passing they this. They the whole street. 
the whole street, every single boutique, no matter who you go into the warehouse in the back alley, they owned by the same people. Right. And I was like, wow, that that's a whole nother level of support. Like when I think about the amount of money that gets, you know, populated within the fashion districts, like the mere fact of knowing that so many of them are connected to one another or literally related to one another, like all this money in a family, I'm just like, wow, like why can't our communities be like that? It's- well, they can be, and it takes people like you who are giving out information, whether you think it's you know life-changing or not, you're putting it into, com- into the community and that matters. So you're doing your part. I try, I try. <laughs> Next, I want to ask you, you know, most business owners, especially in e-commerce, they focus on the number of orders that are placed. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's their driving factors. I yeah. want to have 100 orders or 200 orders or 2,000 orders, whatever that, you know, pivotal number is for them. Yeah. But what are other ways other than focusing on the number of orders placed that you can make money within your retail store? Um, so you can... One, obviously, source different merchandise that costs more, which means that you can ultimately make more money from it. So I'm I'm personally a, an advocate for making the most money in the shortest span of time. So Amen. come on, <laughs> can, the word. 14 days out of the month rather than 28 of them. I oh. am all for it. I have no problem with going five days without making any sales if I made five thousand dollars in five days like I'm good I'm cool you know so I think um definitely being wise about the merchandise that you source and picking merchandise that one obviously your customers are going to want to buy and actually pay for but two thinking about how the price points that you set literally align with your ability to make x amount of dollars so if you are constantly sourcing merchandise that costs I don't know you know two dollars or whatever um you can only market so high without someone looking at you crazy for pricing it so high versus you selling something that is higher quality that may have obviously cost you a bit a bit more money than than usual but you're you have the ability to sell it for a lot more money which ultimately ultimately means that you can make a lot more money a lot quicker so i'm always very cognizant of like how the the merchandise that i choose has to align with the amount of money that i would like to make yeah And I think that um, retail businesses often neglect, or at least small businesses, neglect average order value and Mm -hmm. average number of pieces per order. Just because somebody bought one thing, you know, that's fantastic. But guess what? That means they'll buy two and they'll buy it within the same order. And I think a lot of businesses don't know how to push that. How would you... How would you suggest that a business upgrade from one item per sale to two items per sale? So I am a huge advocate for buying things in collections versus buying random bits and pieces just because you like it and you think it's cool or trendy or whatever. So anytime I'm sourcing things, I'm always looking for items that I can pair together in an outfit and then ultimately market together. So when I go to take my pictures, I have on pants, a shirt, a jacket, a bag or whatever. All of it's an outfit, sis, and she gonna want the whole outfit. So, so. I, I ain't got time to be selling um one thing at a time. To just one person. Like, no, I want you to buy all four of these pieces. And then I'm gonna once I've selected, you know, let's say I picked a um jacket. Um a jacket is so 
most jackets are very universal. So I'm like, okay, what else in my inventory do I have that this jacket will pair with? So now, even though that inventory may be old per se, I'm now going to show you this jacket paired it's on new again. dress that I had three weeks ago. And hopefully somebody's going to buy it together. So I try to be very strategic about the merchandise that I choose and more so build collections of items that are cohesive and that pair well with one another rather than buying random bits and pieces that, you know, a person's going to say, oh, I like that jumpsuit and maybe not like anything else. They are you you post that one thing one time and then the next thing you post is, I don't know, a, a skirt. And they're like, oh, I don't really like the skirt, but I really like the jumpsuit. So they're going to go for the jumpsuit. Obviously, no, I'm going to post this whole outfit and you're going to buy this whole outfit. <laughs> I love that. That's how you make more money yeah. per order. It's a win, win, win. This person is already shopping with you. Uh-huh. They're already interested in your business. And not only that. Let's say, like you said, somebody buys a top and they buy a skirt. They -hmm. might break that outfit up later and wear that top with some other bottom and vice versa. And now that gives you even more opportunities for that person to say, oh, yeah, I got this from Brazen Boutique or I got this from XYZ store. Like word of mouth still works. Organic traffic still works. We're going to get into that because I know you got a lot to say. But yes, people, increase the number of items put in that cart like it's it's magical it will make you more money and it will make you more money quicker than selling one item at a time yes exactly so another rampant misconception about especially us in this digital age in this social media age I would say is that people think followers equal dollars and I know that to be true in my own retail business I lost a big page and had to start over. Yeah. Break my heart, sis. Um, I still can't talk about it. But anyway, um, so my follower count is not high at all, Mm -hmm. but my money is still Metro booming on the beat. Okay. Amen. (laughs) But people really do think that if you, if your followers don't equate, then you must not be making money. What do you think that that's about? I mean, I think we like you said, we live in a digital era. Everybody's on social media all day, every day. We see, you know, X, Y and Z influencer or this big boutique owner, whoever. And, you know, we live in an age of people showing everything. So, you know, they share the screenshots of the amount of orders that they got last month and they got. 2000 orders and then the person goes and sees how many followers they have they have 200,000 followers so in their head they're like oh I need to get my followers up to get my dollars up and no you don't like 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 we were just talking about like increasing your average units per transaction and increasing the the average dollar amount of your transactions like you can make the same amount of money as someone who has 200,000 followers with just your little 2000 kid you not it's just it's literally about you know your ability to sell something to an audience of people who like whatever it is that are building a relationship with an audience and being able to serve them in the best way possible. Like if you can continuously share or provide something that they love, they will continue to shop with you. They'll continue to, you know, recommend you and things like that. So I think social media has just like thrown everybody this like very terrible misconception that the more followers you have the better your business is the more important it is the more money you make Mm -hmm. um things like that and and like influencer culture doesn't make it any better you know that at all girl i'm just like oh my god like 
that's a whole nother subject. It, it's exhausting. I know. You know those influencers that have some of them, you know, come from money, so they they naturally they already had money, so they they present themselves in this one way, and people not knowing perceive them as people who had a ton of a ton of followers, and those followers resulted in them being able to afford the lifestyle that they had or something so i don't know i think there's just like something in people's brains that equates more followers to like a better life if if i may say like right, which is like, sad it it blows my mind i'm just like why why like I, I don't know my brain thinks really in an odd not even an odd just different way i always think about just like how i interact with brands online or like how i perceive things and i'm just like I think about the number of brands that I follow that I've never shot with in my life. So I'm like, I know for a fact. And probably wouldn't. Girl, I like their content. Them. You find their Insta stories enjoyable, so you watch them. But that doesn't mean that you're ever going to spend a dollar with them. I think she's cute, but I ain't going to wear what she wears. or I'm not going to buy what she sells. It's, I think it's cute for her. I like, I, I enjoy it. Right. So thinking about that, I'm like, I know for a fact that a large percentage of these people's followers are this. They're just like me. They just follow because they enjoy what they see. They, you know, they're inspired by what this person does, but they have no, no none to buy from them so i've had an interesting experience Mm -hmm. uh, in electric87.com right so i did influencer marketing i tried it i tested the waters like we all have Mm -hmm. and i tried it with some bikinis and i gave a bikini to a young lady with 200,000 followers Uh and i gave a bikini to a lady with 20,000 followers Uh and when i tell you the young lady with 20,000 followers outsold the girl with 200,000 followers by like a multiple of five. I mean, blew the other girl out the water. And they were, I did my research. I picked really good girls who were in my market, um, perfect for my demographic, fashionistas, the whole nine. And that tiny little sample experiment just proved my point because the lady with 200,000 followers, I had to pay her to wear yeah. my item. And yeah. the young lady with 20,000 followers, she just loved the swimsuit and asked if she could promote it. I said, of yeah. course, it cost me zero, yeah. uh, you know, other than the cost of goods. Yeah. And that proved it to me right then and there in my own pocket yeah. that it does not always work that way. It, it's so crazy. Like, even though we live in this, this culture where people equate, you know, followers to dollars or whatever, the it's almost like the smaller your follower count is, the more genuine your audience is or the more likely your audience is to engage. Yeah, engage and, you know, support whatever it is that you're promoting and stuff. And the larger it is, the the least likely they are. I don't know. It's really strange, but I think it feels like a community like yeah. for you. Yeah. It feels yeah. like a community. Yeah. You see the same couple of people in your comments. You see the same groups of people in your live. And then people start recognizing each other. And maybe they get together and, and share business ideas. It feels yeah. like a small niche, cool community versus yeah. just throwing, you know, rocks into the ocean. If you in Rihanna's comments, I mean, she ain't never going to read this. 
Right. No, you're definitely right. I think and I think I realized that for myself, because like we talked about, like I didn't I didn't intend for anything like this to occur in my life and, you know, to gain however many followers or subscribers and stuff that I had. But the more that I gained, the more I realized how me just showing up consistently or providing something of value to my audience made them want to support other brands or support the brands that I spoke of. So like the vendors that I speak with all the time, girl, like if I say a vendor's name, people go and buy from them. And it's the craziest thing. Like I made a video about, um, a vendor last summer and they were new to the fashion district. I made a video for them, just me out of the kindness of my heart. And they sold out of everything they had in their showroom. And I was like, hey, you're the like <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. But that, that, that one video made me realize like the value of just like showing up for my audience and, and how much they trusted me. And also it, it reiterated to me that like, I don't have to have a huge following for people to have, you know, an impact. impact. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy girl. <laughs> if people don't focus on followers equaling dollars, what should e-commerce business owners be pushing more than their social media? That's a great question. I still say your social media is a very important part of your business. I think more so it's just a matter of creating more content that is valuable to the audience you want to serve. I think we put way too much focus on just posting in general and feeling like we have to be consistent. And so in in the in our desire to be consistent, we post things that aren't valuable. So I, I would say that was a word. Yeah, that was a word. Value versus consistency. If I have the if I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't posted in four days and I get ready to post something, I literally will ask myself, like, is this thing that I'm about to post going to be better than what I posted the last time I posted? Or is it going to be at least the same quality? If it's not, I'm like, OK, well, I ain't got a business posting because this isn't going to do anything for me. So I would say just put more of an emphasis on, like, the actual content that you share and making sure that it's of value to your audience rather than just posting just to say you did it. I love that. That is brilliant. That's a word for me. I'm about to make a note on my own personal account. Is this post better than the last post? If it's yeah. not, leave. let it be. Because yeah. feeds are already overwhelmed. There mm-hmm. are so many. Mm-hmm. The algorithm is so crazy. And there's so many ads. And there's stories. And there's lives. Especially now. Everybody named Mama is on live. Everybody. It's exhausting. I would prefer to not have to chime in just because I haven't chimed in in four days. Like, that's brilliant advice. I'm going to take that for my own life. Yes. (laughs) So I know we touched on um, organic and paid advertising. Now I want to dive into it a little bit. Like, tell me what advertising avenues you recommend. Definitely social social media. So like primarily myself, I use Instagram and Facebook. Um, I tend to use them for different reasons. So for whatever reason, and I don't think there's any, I I don't know if there's any reasoning behind it, but um, whenever I'm trying to drive more traffic to my website, Instagram is the best platform for me to do that from. But when I'm trying to make sales, I make the most sales when I run ads on Facebook. I don't know why. I have no idea what the science is or if there is any science to it. It's interesting. Yeah. But um, I think I feel like um, I've learned over time that like running things in my feed versus in my stories works or running ads in my feed versus in the stories works a lot better for me because I think in stories, people just generally, you know, we just tap right, through. Right, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to get out. I just want to get through all of them. You're not really paying attention to anything. Um, and it makes it a lot harder for you to catch their attention because they are scrolling through it so fast. 
not to say that they aren't scrolling through their feed so fast, but I feel like they take a bit more time when they're going through their feed um, because they have to, you know, stop and read captions and things like that. So running ads in my feed works so much better than stories for whatever reason. What is your stance on paid advertising, organic or um, advertising, a mixture of the two? Where are you at with that? I am a mixture of the two. So I feel like I am only an advocate for running ads if you can dedicate time to learning what works well or just first dedicating time to learning how to effectively run them and then dedicating time. Listen, (laughs) I say this all the time. Facebook ads are like Hebrew. Yes. It might as well be like learning Mandarin Chinese. Okay. If you can speak Mandarin, then you can do Facebook ads. It is a shit show wrapped in a puzzle, wrapped in a Rubik's Cube, and it changes every single day. You go back the next day and that button that you used is gone. So I and I don't want to scare anybody away from it. I'm just saying that I agree with what you said. You have to dedicate yourself to learning. It's a platform within itself. You have to dedicate yourself to learning it. However, there is no way around not learning. If you want your business and not have a company to do this for you, you don't have a choice, period. Especially because Instagram is owned by Facebook. So it's not like you can circumvent the system and just do Instagram. You got to go to Facebook no matter what. You're 100% correct. I, it is definitely, definitely like reading Mandarin or Hebrew girl. It's, it's a whole nother something. It's a, it's a language. It really is. And there's so much information on like the dashboard that if you don't take the time to figure out what all of these things mean, you're going to quickly feel like one, either you're wasting your money or two, you're wasting your time. Um, I think that for me, it took me, I don't know, a few months of just consistently doing it to realize that all of those numbers meant something. Like, I think, I think sometimes there's this misconception that like, if I don't see dollars made, then it wasn't effective. And I'm like, no, because if you saw, you know, link clicks or, you know, you had a, a an influx of link clicks or whatever, that's information Something is working. Yeah. And I'm like, you use that information to pivot or you use that information to, for the next time you run an ad to refine it and, you know, get get more clear about your targeting or whatever so i think it's really important to take time to learn like what all of those different elements of the ads manager uh mean so that you can figure out what will work best for you or figure out what you need to change the next time you do it and i think a lot of people get very discouraged from not too many people run ads and you see money made the first time around or Um, the tip or the tip yes you're right if we want to if we want to keep it real I run ads still to this day all the time. And literally I spend, I don't know, 20, 30, $40 and I make no money, but I, I got link clicks or, you know, I was able to see, you know, through the placements, like where that ad, where the majority of my ad was, um, not my budget was spent. So I know next time I'm going to spend more of my budget on this platform versus this platform. So even now knowing what I'm doing, I still run ads and don't see any return from it so if you can't go into running ads and have a mentality where it's like okay I understand that this this is a learning curve or that you know there's a possibility even after I learn what I'm doing there's still the possibility of me spending money and not making any back if you can't wrap your brain around that and I'm like just stay away from them just don't do it outsource (laughs) it hire somebody 
Mm -hmm. Spend your money hiring somebody. Instead of spending your money hiring an Instagram influencer, spend your money hiring an ad agency that understands the Hebrew that is Facebook advertising. (laughs) If you cannot dedicate some time in your life to really figure it out, I would suggest that's where you invest your coin. Yes, girl, 100%. And I think... um, like I said, it took me maybe three months or so to like actually understand what was there. And gratefully, so at my last job, we had um I had a little market marketing budget. So I got to learn how to run ads on somebody else's dime. Okay. Really well when I got to my own business. So I literally am just like, take your time and read it all. Like Google exists for a reason. Google what all those words mean, impressions, reach, link clicks, unique link, link clicks, like reach research it all to figure out what it means and then figure out how you can apply it. And another thing before we switch topics is I always recommend, you know, you you have to choose what your objective is for the ad, but also give yourself a goal for it because sometimes people are like, you know, I they choose the objective of running traffic and they see traffic, but they deem it to not be enough traffic or whatever, or they feel like the ad didn't perform well. But I'm like, okay, you saw traffic where you wanting to see a certain number of link clicks or whatever. So I always tell people to give themselves a goal in alignment with the objective. So like I'm running traffic, but I also want to see this amount of traffic or I want to see an increase in my uh, email subscribers or whatever. So so that that way, when you decide when that ad is done, uh, whether or not it was successful or not, you have something to base your feelings of success or failure off of. Like if I met my goal, then it was successful. If I did not, then I need to try something else the next time around. So I like that concept. Put a goal on whatever ads you run, no matter what the goal is. That way you can decide if it was successful or not. And that way you can move on or you can just keep pounding the pavement on that one thing that you have deemed successful. That's important advice. Uh, I want to talk about the Batik Academy. We started an entire school system, basically, (laughs) of courses on how people can start businesses for themselves. Tell me a little bit more about the Boutique Academy. So the Boutique Academy was born from all of the numerous comments and questions that I get in my inbox or, you know, in the comments under my YouTube videos and everything. I just realized that as much as I love making YouTube videos, I don't have the capacity to make a YouTube video every day or to answer every single question in a YouTube video. Or for instance, like me talking about ads, like I can't make one YouTube video and that explain to you how to properly or effectively run ads. So I started to realize that like some things needed to be a more extended learning process. Um, so I started creating online courses to answer those more like deep level questions that I couldn't answer in a five minute or 10 minute um, YouTube video. And um, those have done very well for both my students in the courses and my bank account too. (laughs) Hello, praise his name. Really crazy, but I think it works really well. Honestly, I've been telling all my friends who have like a platform where they share information and things like that to start doing online courses because there's so much information that we have inside, like all of us have some bit of information in us that somebody else would benefit from. So even if it's like a very short little three lesson uh, course about whatever it is that you're knowledgeable about, like I was so shocked at the number of people who bought the first course that I ever put out. And I was like, and it was a, I, I don't remember which course it was. Was it the Instagram 
Uh, no, you have ads. You've got yeah. so many. Like, wow. I think it was the website building one. I think okay. my website building course was the first one that I did, and that one shocked me. The number of people that bought it shocked me because of the mere fact that there are like hundreds of thousands of videos on YouTube of people literally walking you through step by step of how to build a website. So. Honestly, in that moment, I realized, again, the value of me saying it to them versus them hearing it from a um, complete um, stranger. That's exactly what sold it. It's the trust factor. Mm -hmm. I know Jance. I trust Jance. I know that she's Uh not going to steer me wrong. And it's the way you talk to people. They know that you are a normal girl. You don't have billions of dollars in the bank. You're telling them from the perspective that their sister or their friend would tell them. So that's why they trust you and they want to spend money with you. Exactly. exactly. And so that um, that first course kind of, I guess, basically catapulted me into wanting to just con- continue to create them because I realized that like they were of value to my audience. They really they actually appreciated them. And so um, not to. I didn't want them to, you know, interfere with my ability to continue to create YouTube videos. So in my um, YouTube videos, I always mention at the end to um, have people comment and let me know what they want a next my future video to be about and stuff like that. So that helps me to gauge, you know, whether or not something can be a video versus if they say, I don't know, for example, that they wanted to learn how to run ads. I'm like, I can't teach you how to run ads in a 10 minute video, but I can create a course for that. So um me being able to have that that engagement with my audience helps me to not only continue to create create content for YouTube, but also to create um, courses that they will benefit from. So how many courses are you at now? I have four. four I have four courses. And then I'm just I just um, pre-launched uh, an eight week accelerated learning program. So. That one's going to be excited. That one's starting June 1st. And um, also all of my courses prior were self-paced course so they were pre-recorded lessons and they could just go through them you know at their own pace so my Mm -hmm. program is going to be for um people who are already in business and looking to make more money um that's how i sum it up and um it's going to be learning with me so i'll literally like meet up with them via video every week for eight weeks and we'll go through a dedicated topic for eight weeks straight and i'll like basically guide them along the path of like taking their business from point A to point wherever it is that they're trying to get it to. So five, counting the accelerator, I have five courses. And see, you answered my next question within this question, but I would like you to elaborate just a little more because that was going to be my question. Who all should be creating courses and why? I see that this is an avenue that is exploding for entrepreneurs. I'm interested in doing one for myself. But who do you think should be creating a course? And and what's the reason? I would say... Honestly, anyone who has accomplished something that someone else would want to learn. So, like, for example, um, I have an online boutique. Before I started sharing information, I didn't have an online boutique, but I had knowledge in it. And so um, I didn't choose to start creating the courses until I had people who were actually asking for my opinion, like over and over again. So I was like, okay, I think this is something that I could definitely sell if I took the time to actually map out like the steps that they needed to take to get to wherever it is they were trying to get through, get to. So I always say anybody that has 
accomplish something that someone else would like to accomplish, whether it be you launched a business or a certain type of business. Um, you're a master at, I don't even know, girl, like that. They teach everything. They I teach how to make sister. cupcakes online. Yeah. They got courses for girl, everything on planet everything. Earth. My, so my youngest sister, she, um, in high school and, and a little bit of college, she was really great at basketball. She was like captain of her basketball team. And I'm like, listen, I was one of those children who really liked basketball, but I could not play it. I'm like, you could teach somebody's kid how to play basketball. Like, if you are skillful at whatever and you know that you're good at it, I'm like, teach it. yes, teach it. Teach it. And you ever I think you'll get to a point where you put the boutique business on hold and just <laughs> focus on courses? I be thinking about that all the time. <laughs> I know that course money is long. It's so funny. Like I was, um, I was just looking at my expenses yesterday. Um, so like my expenses literally side by side for the boutique academy and my boutique, and like it's so hard to like keep a very good profit margin for a boutique because you're constantly having to put more money into it. So and more time. Yes. So I was looking at those expenses next to the boutique academy and I'm like, the overhead for the boutique academy is so small. It's crazy. Like I literally just I pay for the the platform, uh, my ads, if I'm running ads um, and you create the content and then it's evergreen. It's cool. it's all profit. Cool. Yes, girl, it's crazy. So like sometimes I'll promote it, you know, myself and my stories or my feed. And sometimes I just let ads run just like over the um, holiday season. I just let ads run on um, my content creation course. And in like a three week period, I made like six thousand dollars from Come on. I love I, that. A lot of those people. I didn't I did not know these people like they were complete strangers who just landed on the on the ad. And they're like, oh, I need to learn this. And that that happened. So I'm like, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> It's taking up some time. I could be creating a course or something. <laughs> I love that. And you know, just on that one example, you know, Grant Cardone, um, mega businessman. I signed up for one of his programs a while back. And I promise you, hand to God, he created this video in 1997. <laughs> 1997. And it's the same video that he is selling us today in 2019. The same course. You could tell by the suit. You could tell by the graphics. And the information was still relevant. Don't get me wrong. But it was such an aha moment that you could create quality content one time and sell it for the next 10 years. Yeah. Girl, it's crazy. And I, I, I sometimes I think about like, for example, if I have a YouTube video that does really well, I'm like, OK, I feel like I need to just make this video private and put it somewhere and sell it, because obviously a lot of people wanted this information. So mm -hmm. I, I haven't done that yet. I, I tend to just let them be. I'm like, I'll just let that stay. And people can continue to, you know, get that information free. So if I were you guys, I will, I will link Jansen's YouTube information, her course information, every single thing you need to get into Team Jance will be in the show notes. So don't you worry about it. I uh, suggest you go watch those YouTube videos while they are free because yes. the price is going up. We are monetizing everything. Yeah. And it will not be available. This is a limited time offer. <laughs> Okay, we monetize everything over here. All right, now I need to know what your get rich tip is for me. Let the people know. Okay, so my get rich quick tip is to honestly set a goal of how much you want to make. And so I'm an advocate for working backwards. Set a goal and then determine what you can sell 
determine what your capacity for selling that thing is. So I can sell, you know, one a day or I think I can sell one a week or whatever. And then determine how much you need to sell, whatever that is for um, to get to that big goal. So, for example, let's say you want to make a thousand dollars by the end of the month. I'm be like, OK, I need to make two hundred and fifty dollars per week to get to that one thousand dollar point. Then I'm like, OK, can I sell whatever this is for two hundred and fifty dollars and it be one transaction or can I divide it up into two one hundred twenty five dollar transactions? I am big on like working backwards and breaking it down into like the smallest bits and figuring out like what my capacity is for being able to get to that number the quickest way possible. I like that because time is not money. I tell people this all the time. Time is time. Mm -hmm. Time never comes back. And Mm -hmm. any entrepreneur that's been in the game will tell you anything that you could do to uh, make your time work better for you and and time management and have more time is more important. Forget the money. Figure out things that you can do to make time your most valuable resource because it will never come back to you. So that's super, really, really, really good advice. Yeah. I, I need my time <laughs> for everything, for leisure, for work, for vacation, for vacation, for everything. Yes. So I'm always looking for the best way to limit the amount of time I have to dedicate to anything that especially anything that doesn't bring me complete joy. I'm like, right. OK, if this does not com- bring me complete joy, then how can I limit the amount of time that I have to put towards it? Not to say that there's anything in my business that doesn't bring me joy at this point, but I am always looking to get to that point of having the most freedom possible. That's what we're doing this for. That's why we're all uh, entrepreneurs, right? Yes, ma'am. So <laughs> do you have a book that you would like to recommend for the people, something that changed your life or changed your perspective, whether it be in business or personal growth? Yes, I like this book called You're a Badass by Jen Sincero, I believe. I've read that. I've read both of hers. Yeah. I haven't read the, the second one. I read the first one though. I need the to get second one is a major key because it's you're a badass at making money. Oh, okay. Yes. I need to read that word. Yes. I'm gonna find that on Amazon since we're done. <laughs> That's an exclusive. She upgraded it and made it all about money. But you know what? This is not about me. You carry on. Why do you like the book? No, I really like that one. Um, I don't know. I think I'm always an advocate for like anything that's going to make me feel as if I am like capable of doing whatever it is that I have in my brain for me to do. Um, I went very short period of my life where like I went through, you know, a bit of depression and just like feeling like I can't get get to where I want to get through or or, like nothing's working, things like that. So I love reading anything that like puts my puts me in a space of feeling like, girl, you got this. Like, you know what you're talking about and you can you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish and do it great exactly what that book will do Mm -hmm. and you have got to get you are a badass at making money I mean I don't think that you have that obstacle because you are such a hustler but (laughs) it's never anything wrong with learning even more skills on how to be a profitable person yes exactly exactly I'm definitely gonna get that second one that is a fantastic book choice I want to thank the diva of boutiques honey the mastermind of the boutique academy owner of Brazen Boutique, Jance Charte, for being with us. Jance, do you think we will ever get another meetup at, um, what's our, what do we go to? Girl, it's this Jack is talking to me. You know what I'm talking about. Um, that's the trade show in Vegas. Do you think we will ever get another meetup? Because I didn't make the last one, but I want to make it again. Yes. Do you think we'll ever get that again? Yes, ma'am. I, the last one was 
spectacular. It was amazing. Um, me and I think it was like 10 or 12 of us in this really nice suite in Vegas. And we just like chatted it up for like literally the whole night about business. What's the name of the convention? Uh, magic. Magic. Oh, my God. This cocktail got me. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. what I meant to say. Yes, I plan to do it again and again and again because it was a, a great time. And I, I just love, um, you know, the even though I have, you know, whatever information I have in my brain, I love being able to bring women together to share information with one another. So, like, it wasn't a space of me just, you know, talking at me. It was like us sharing information with one another and just encouraging everybody to keep going or, you know, do more or do this differently and stuff like that. So I am going it is my one of my sole missions to continue to create spaces like that where we can just encourage one another and you know encourage one another to keep pushing keep doing better and better keep it going i love that so maybe not in august but in february (laughs) if things get better uh hopefully there will be a meetup and hopefully there will be another magic we don't know with this coronavirus but you know all right fingers crossed and i will be the first person signing up so email me early and let me know when (laughs) I love it. And I will link everything about Jance in the show notes, guys. Thank you for being with us today, babe. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I loved it. It was a great time. Absolutely. Again, I want to thank Jan Charte for joining me this week. It was a fantastic interview, girl. I appreciate you. I will see you guys again next week on the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast.